the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. It's been an interesting couple of weeks. Wow, life, you know, one of the uh, positives, I guess, to the past year, it's been, it's kind of been difficult to get bored. <laughs> Although I'm not sure that uh, shrinking in fear is the best way to be spending your time, <laughs> but at least you're not bored. <laughs> the uh, Anyway, the... Uh, I am feeling much better now. Thanks for those people that were asking, you know, to came down with Corona. And, uh, actually, I think I had it a long time. Well, a few months before they started talking about it and it was a lot worse and nobody knew what it was. And then they started talking about the Corona. I was like, Oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> and, uh, so this last time wasn't really that bad. <laughs> and, uh, hopefully, you know, I've developed enough antibodies that I won't get, I will get the shot for this one, by the way, cause, uh, I really don't want to take a chance on going through that again. But, you know, and, and one of the things that, uh, you know, media, I, this is what I feel so bad for with modern day people. Okay. You're subjected to a modern day media and it's all devolved into star magazine. Now I am definitely aging myself here because star magazine was a magazine that used to sell in uh, grocery stores. And if you're old enough to see it, you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, it was actually the magazine version of TMZ. So that show TMZ. And uh, nobody, well, a lot of people didn't really um, pay a lot of attention to it. You know, but now today the, the stories are basically the same. It's a bunch of fluff pieces and no research. And, uh, you know, they push the journalism laws to the limit with uh, fact checking. And now this is everywhere. I mean, it's all over the regular television. And, uh, you know, now you have YouTube out there. Anybody can put up anything they want, actually. So it's hard. You know, it's really hard to figure out who's telling the truth. Um, should you be worried? Should you not be worried? The, uh, I spend a lot of time, a lot of time reading now, just verifying facts that come up. Facts that I hear. So I spend a lot of time reading about a lot of different things. We're going to talk about some of those in a little bit. The uh, fact, the fiduciary rules, you know, I'm a fiduciary. That means I am legally obligated to act in your best interest, okay? which in my business I would do anyway, because you'd kind of be dumb not to, 
Um, and I like to think I'm not a dumb businessman. <laughs> so you want your, your clients to thrive because when they thrive, so do you. And that's how it should work. You should both be in this together. So looking at things you know that are coming up, uh, retirement planning is a really difficult thing to do. And by the way, uh, I think I, yeah, we're still in January. So <laughs> I was looking at what I was going to do for the year. And a big part of it is, you know, retirement planning is such a, a huge deal. It's so hard, especially today with interest rates being so low. You don't have a, a CD out there, you know, six or seven percent that hasn't existed for an incredibly long time period it's not like it and it's not coming back those are gone you've got a cd that's paying more than one percent there's probably something wrong with that bank <laughs> but the uh um it's very difficult it's a different if a different day and one of my mottos going forward is you are never too young to start thinking about retirement and I think you should start around 12 because that's when Warren Buffett started his first business. <laughs> and um, I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding about that. But the uh, but I think around 12, you start talking about it to your kids. They need to know. And it's not being taught. This should be in uh, at the end of primary school, right before middle school. Do they still call it that? And now I'm really aging myself. The uh, elementary school. Right around the fifth or sixth grade, sixth grade, I think is, uh, I know kids that are in the sixth grade have enough math to be able to understand everything, but we really need to, uh, get, get started on stuff like that because it takes an enormous amount of money to be able to replace your income and they're, it's just not getting through and they're, and they've stopped teaching a lot of the stuff that they taught the, uh, well, actually I didn't get it when I was in school either, but when I first got into the financial services industry, they were trying, there was a, a concerted effort to try to, to get educational materials out there and I don't see it anymore. I mean, it's just gone. And, and I know a large portion of it just gets ignored, but it, it's really necessary. I have had people come in over the years. They're looking at their accounts and they're going, why did this go down? Well, because you own stocks. I don't own stocks. Yeah. Yeah, you do. These funds that you own, they have stocks in them. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hang on a second. I'll show you which some of the stocks that they have in the portfolio that's in your fund. And uh, now I haven't gotten people that in, in a while, I mean, that have been that way. With these uh, target date funds, though, the people that are investing in those in their 401k plans, they didn't know there were stocks in there. They thought they were getting really conservative stuff. Turned out to be really aggressive. If you have, if you have one of those, if you have a uh, target date fund, uh, you should look into what it's got in the holdings. You really need to do that. They've changed the rules as far as that goes. In uh, those, you know, nothing is as constant as change. So if you're in a four hundred one k plan and they're giving you target date funds and you think you're in the conservative ones, you may be, you may not. You just don't know. You literally have to look inside of in that fund to see what the holdings are. Now, I have special software for that. I get it from Morningstar. It runs about 12000 a year. That's what it costs. To be able to do that quickly, you're going to pay. <laughs> you're going to pay a lot. To be able to have access to all the funds that are available in the investable universe, it, that's another reason that it's 
pretty expensive, but that's one of the services that, that, that we do for our clients. You got funds? I'll look them up. And by the way, this last year, uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't, I'm not sure when they started getting away from a more homogenous. The, the target date funds really weren't that different from one another. They were like balance funds, stocks, bonds, cash. They're supposed to get more conservative the closer you got to retirement age. And then this past fall, I see three different plans, three different target date funds. They're supposed to be conservative funds. And I look at the holdings, they've got 70% of the money in stock. 70%. Do you know what that means? In March, they were going, why is my fund down so much? And I'm going, "Uh, well, it's, you know, I looked it up. It's got a ton of stocks in it. When did that happen? I'm not really sure. I wasn't there. Yeah, that's your 401k plan or your 403b plan. So you really need to look at those options. You need to look and see what's inside of them. And uh, this year, we're going to make a concentrated, uh, concerted, concentrated, well, both, I guess, uh, effort to help, especially the small employers with 401k plans. They're a big deal. 401k plan is the best thing you could possibly have. When you think about it, the amount of money that that saves in taxes, just the federal tax alone, okay, the amount of money you save in taxes by putting your money in there before it gets taxed is huge. And don't pay attention to these people who say, they're going to confiscate your 401k. That's not happening. The government doesn't have to confiscate your 401k. They don't have to. All they have to do is wait for you to die. And guess what? You're going to die. Old man time bats a thousand. They will get their tax money and they know exactly how much it is. (laughs) Because your 401k plans have to fill out a, a tax return themselves and send it in. They know what your balances are. Okay. So, and probably more so, they probably do a better job of keeping up with that than many people who are participating in the program. But the, um, it's a, it's a really good idea to be able to take money out of your check before you get your hands on it. Uh, for an awful large portion of the population, it's what has allowed them to be successful. Um, pay yourself first. That's an old saying, and I haven't heard it in an incredibly long time period. So I'm going to bring it back. And it's uh, as important today, probably more important today than it was back then. Back when that was really popular, you you had interest rates that were like 9, 10%. You know, at one point in time, you could buy a treasure or yeah, there was a money market, which is all treasury bills, which come directly from the United States government, was paying 18%. I mean, can you imagine? 18%. And I know most of the people that invested in those uh, ended up hoping that that rate was going to come back. Well, I don't. I hope that rate never comes back because the inflation rate was fifteen percent. That's why they were eighteen <laughs> percent. When you took out inflation and taxes, you lost money. It was worth less a year later after you got the eighteen percent because you had to pay taxes on it, and prices moved up faster. Then your account grew by. So everybody, I really wish they would have those interest rates back. No, you don't. (laughs) At 15% inflation rate, by the way, the housing costs will double in five years. Whatever you're paying for rent right now, you can double that in five years. You think your income is going to double in five years? You think your employer is going to pay double five years from now? 
That's what I'm talking about. So it's a, uh, and by the way, the way that they've printed money and have distributed it could lead to much higher inflation. What's really cool about this time though, they printed all this money, they gave it away and people were put, are putting it in the bank. <laughs> They're saving the savings rate has really has gotten to the highest level it's reached in decades. That's pretty cool. They're not just going out and and blowing the cash. They're saving it. You know, so maybe we are learning. Maybe this internet thing's actually working. <laughs> yeah, I like it a lot. It's uh, there are so many really good positive things that are happening. The economy it, it, the the economic growth rate is going to accelerate dramatically as the uh, vaccines come out, as they get more effective, when they get a better handle on all this stuff and they will get a better handle on it, they're getting a better handle every day. The economy is going to be much bigger than it was before we went into this. Why? Because now you have to prepare for this and you have to stay prepared. It's not like it's once and done. You're going to have to employ more people. We have to pay more. Yes, you will. Don't worry about it. The Fed will print the money and circulate it. The uh, But the, won't that lead to inflation? Yes, it will. But the uh, companies that make products that you consume every day, they'll raise their prices 2 or 3% a year. You won't notice that too much. Uh, it's when they go up 15, 20% a year. That's when you really notice things a lot. You know, Do you know that Ford raised their prices in the 1980s by 9% a year for over 10 years in a row? 9% increases. I mean, can you imagine if the uh, automobiles, the same automobile costs 9% next year more than it did last year? That's pretty rough. You know, five years from now, it's going to be 50% higher. Yeah. So we hope that that doesn't happen. That's what we're, uh, that's the real risk. It's not that the economy is going to come to a screeching halt. Everything's going to come crashing down. That's not going to happen. It's that you won't be able to afford a whole lot. That's that you're going to get squeezed. Now, most people don't mind being squeezed as much as they would mind having everything shut down and being without anything. And that's what inflation does. It squeezes. So when you're doing your investment planning, so retirement planning in my mind is the first thing you should be doing with all financial planning. You should be looking at the day, how much income do you need to replace the income you have today? How much income, if you're a 12 year old, would you like to have? Now multiply that number by 25. So that's the new number. This is the new math. Returns have dropped. Interest rates have dropped. I used to tell people you need 20 times your annual income. That's 25. And they really hated it when I said that you need 20 times your income. I had some financial planners and, and CPAs writing into my show saying, please stop talking about that. You're upsetting my employee, my clients. I'm like, so you're not telling them? I mean, you don't think they need to know this? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, They shouldn't have to be listening to it from me. If they're paying you, um, they should be listening to what you're saying and you should be telling them this. I mean, think about it. If you spend 5% of your money a year, your money runs out in 20 years, right? 5%, 20 years. 5 times 20 is 100, 100%. Okay. So if you're spending more than 5%, uh-oh. Uh, now, if you spent 5% and you didn't make any money, you, you'd run out of money in 20 years. If you spend 5% and you average 2 or 3%, which is 100 to 200% higher than you can get in a CD right now. 
100. See, when you're at two and someone's at one, that's a 100% increase. You got to do twice as well. It's the same difference. It doesn't sound like it's that much of a difference when you, when I put it that way, when I say, okay, would you rather have 1 million or 2 million? 1% or 2%. The, the distance apart is the same. <laughs> the percentage is the same. So, uh, Everyone goes, oh yeah, but it's but that's two million dollars. It's one hundred percent higher than one <laughs> than the one million. Two percent is one hundred percent higher than one percent, and it's not that easy to do to increase to double your returns. It's, it's really not. There comes there's an area where it's a little bit easier, but man, when you get up to say five or six percent, and then you want to try to double your returns, that risk is off the charts. To try to manage a ten percent average after tax return, wow! It, it today very difficult. Ten fifteen years ago, not so much. Was a little easier. It's different today. So if you're looking at today, and you're looking at planning, you, you got to keep all this stuff in mind. And that's why I still have a practice <laughs> because people want to talk about it, and they should. And I think they should start teaching this. To kids, when they're around 12, wait till the hormones kick in, it's too late. You know, you won't be able to talk to them until they're in their mid-30s. <laughs> but the uh, this should be out there. This should be listening. How do you extend, you know, your? how do you avoid running out of money? Well, there are lots of ways now. One of the uh, things I was going to talk about, too, I've been talking about this quite a bit. Fixed index annuities, fixed index, not indexed annuities, fixed index. There's a difference. Actually, there are more types of annuities than there are models of cars, believe it or not. the uh, And uh, if anybody wants to take me up on that, feel free. But know that you're going to have to pay me when I show you that you're wrong. <laughs> oh, I hear the music. That means my uh, first segment's over. Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm right here on 1420 every Saturday morning. I'll be back after these commercial messages, so stay tuned. Bill Bullington, I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Also, simulcast on 1220. And I believe there's an FM station. that They call it a repeater out there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know what the number is. But uh, you can go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com, if you'd like to set up a, a phone meeting or an in-person meeting. We're doing in-person in-the-office meetings right now. and uh, Or you can uh, we can do it all over the phone, no problem. Um, I have not gone to using zoom yet i heard some stuff about the security and i'm like yeah i don't know i don't want i'll avoid that for now um microsoft does have a version of it as well and uh oh by the way um i was reading one of my many magazines 
And Microsoft, you know how Apple's helped develop the software for Teslas, the electric cars? Um, in fact, when you turn the Tesla on, the uh, display looks like an Apple display. You know, so looks like there's a uh, an Apple laptop built into the dashboard. So Microsoft is teaming up with GM. And uh, that's pretty good. I'm glad to see that, that that's happening. That's The more companies are involved in that, the more real it becomes, the more um, a bigger part of the economy and the way things are gets the acceptance rate is much higher. And believe it or not, we will be driving hybrids, uh, electric cars. That That's just, it's the way it's going to happen. And every time I say that, you know, every time I've said that, I guess the, the lashback is not as intense as it used to be. Because there are an awful lot of people in Northeast Ohio that worked either for one of the steel companies or one of the automobile manufacturers, and they didn't want to see change. Why would you mess around with it? Why leave good enough alone? The uh, well, guess what? The uh, that's just not the way the world works. It, it never has, and it never will. And wanting things not to change is boy that that that's going to hurt you psychologically. It's going to hurt you psychologically. Why am I talking about this? Because now. Everybody needs to be a really good investor to be able to to sustain their income into retirement. The pension, the number of people that work at Ford and GM in, in Northeast Ohio are greatly reduced from what they were back then. The number of people that work for the steel factories are greatly reduced. And they're talking about replacing them with AI, artificial intelligence and robots. So there will be even fewer people working there in the future. So it's going to be incredibly important to understand investing much, much, much better. You're going to have to be better investors than your parents and grandparents were. Not only do did they have uh, a higher income relative to overall rates the uh, at the time, uh, cost of living, because cost of living has gone up faster than wages have over the past 40 years. The uh, So they had edges over you. And financial markets, not a lot of people understood them that well, so they had much higher returns. So you're going to have to actually save more money and be a good, a better investor. That's our lot in life. Yeah. And you can either accept it or just, you know, put your hands over your ears and reject it. You know, that's that, those are your choices. I don't think it's that bad. And I really don't think it's that bad for people coming up close to retirement. That fixed index annuity we keep talking about. What is that? Well, it's, it's an annuity that's got the components uh, of some of the older annuities where you're going to they're going to invest the money. The insurance company is investing the money by the way in its general account. It's not like a variable annuity. Those are that's a different animal completely. Okay. So if you ever want to talk about that, I'll I'll do another show on those in, in the future because there are some really good developments in that space too. But today the fixed index is really when you're buying those you're buying them for the fixed portion of it. That's what you're looking for. A lot of them get sold looking at the investments in there. I really don't care what the investments do. I, I hope they make some money. I, I'm sure they'll make a little bit of money, probably beat CDs. But the fixed rate is typically significantly higher than the rates on CDs. Now, they're not CDs. They're not comparable to CDs. It's a an investment you put money in. You expect to convert it into an income stream that you're going to use to supplement your Social Security and pension in retirement. That's what those are for. That's what they were designed for. Now, they've got some other benefits. There are some other benefits there, too. I don't have enough time to go into that today. The, uh, but So I just want to remind everybody, these are for a fixed return, a fixed income stream. They have some other benefits. 
that make them uh, they're they're much more they're much different than what CDs are. CDs are considered fixed income too. Bonds are considered fixed income. They have different attributes, so you got to know what those are. But I think that may, it makes a lot of sense right now to be looking at a supplement to your retirement income. Um, these things are going to be a lot better than your traditional fixed income. You give up some liquidity. That's the the give and take here. Is that you're going to give up some of the liquidity, but it's also got some other features that that CDs or bonds or regular mutual funds can't match. Right. For example, one of the products out there guarantees that your family can't inherit less than you've invested in it. So let me give you this scenario. Let's say you, you retired in March of 2000. You put 90% of your money into stock funds because you'd heard that stock funds long-term averages around 10% a year. And you figured, well, if I put 90% of my money in there, I'm going to make uh, 10% or 90%, that's 9%. That's pretty good. CDs back in those days were only paying 5%. So that's almost twice what a CD gets. What they forgot to tell you or what you forgot to uh, look up was that stock market's average return going back to the 1920s has been between 9 and 10%. But it drops by 50% every so often. And in this case, it dropped 50% from March of 2000 to March 2003. That's three years Market just kept dropping. It bottomed out, and then it gets back up to almost where it slightly passes by less than one percent. What it had, the highest price it had reached in the year two thousand in November of two thousand seven. Now that's the S and P five hundred. Other indexes were already going down. That's when the S and P peaked again and went down further than it did the first time, and took another couple of years to recover. So you could have gone 10 or 11 years with a negative return. If you were pulling out 9 or 10% a year, you went you you if you're still alive today, you're probably a greeter at Walmart and you can probably keep that job until they put the robot in your place. <laughs> I'm I'm being kind of facetious there. This is uh this is important stuff. It's really important. And it's the longevity risk. As you get older, you need to start investing a little differently than you did when you were younger. Why? Because you know, even though if you looked, if you started to invest in March of 2000 and you look at where, where somebody is today who never had to take any money out, it looks pretty good. Even with that 12-year period where you had a negative 12-year return, it still looks pretty good. The problem is when you're in your 80s and you're taking money out, you may not you may run out of money before it has a chance to come back. If you're in your 60s and you're taking money out, you may run out of money before it has a chance to recover. And that is a big risk. That's where these types of products make a ton of sense. And by the way, if CDs or or bonds were paying 5 or 6%, even at 4% at this point, I probably wouldn't be having this conversation. I wouldn't be looking at these products. I wouldn't need to. Okay. But that doesn't exist, and it looks like they're not going to exist for an extremely long time period. I mean, extremely long. I don't know if it'll happen in my lifetime. I'm 57. I don't know that it will happen in my lifetime that you'll see a 5% interest rate again. Yet people hold, they hold out hope, beyond hope. 
are you not watching? Do you not know that the one of the largest items on the federal budget is the interest on the debt? If you were in charge of setting your own interest rate, in other words, you got to pick out the rate that you had to pay, would you volunteer to pay any more than you absolutely had to? To be a nice person? <laughs> well, that's what you're asking these guys to do. It's not happening. The, the, the Fed... The, Fed chairman was really clear on that for the foreseeable future. That means he's not even thinking about it. Those guys get, I forget whether they're seven or eight year terms, but anyway, so this is where we are. This is where we are today. Looking out over the next 10 years, probably fairly similar. The good news is I think that there are enough drivers for economic growth, real growth. Okay, real growth. That means growth that's faster than inflation. There are enough companies, there are enough businesses, there are enough industries in those areas that we'll talk about in the third segment of today's show. So stay tuned. Um, There are enough companies in there and there's enough stuff happening to provide for growth, real growth economic growth, which typically is accompanied by increasing stock prices. There's, there's, there's still growth there. And if you're younger, I would still have probably a 70, 80% allocation. If you're younger to stocks, because bonds are going to make nothing for an extremely long time period. If you're past the age of 50, you might want to look at a fixed index because you can defer every year that you defer taking the income. Uh, some of them will give you guarantees of an increase of 7% a year for 10 or a minimum of 10 years. And incidentally, once you get past that 10 year age, the distribution rate can actually go up 7% or higher just because you're getting older and your life expectancy is getting shorter. That's another discussion for another day because that's an, that's intense, but some of them are willing to say, okay, this is the kind of income that we would give you today. And if the longer you defer it, the higher it'll go. Kind of like the way the social security program works. So if this sounds interesting to you, just give me a call or email me. I'll get back to you as quickly as I possibly can. I will tell you, this is the busiest time of our year, right up until tax time. Um, I'm typically pulling what little hair I have left out. <laughs> and um, so, but we will get back to you. Uh, it is incredibly important that you understand these concepts. And I have so many people calling who don't, they, they, they don't get what they're looking for is somebody to tell them what they want to hear. Uh, I'm looking at this as an alternative to fixed income in an entire portfolio as a portion of the fixed income. And people are, people are comparing it to stock funds. That's wrong. That's just absolutely wrong. Why am I taking this tone of voice? Well, because I've been asked to do it at least 15 times. That And that's, I'm just guesstimating because it's probably a lot more than that. Why would you not compare this to a stock fund? Because a stock fund, if the future, if the next 15 years work like the last 15 years, by the way, the last 15 years, the last 20 years, so if the next 20 years are as good as the last 20 years, it's going to be pretty good. It's going to beat these. Not by much, but it will beat these. <laughs> and that greed factor is 
seeping into their minds, poisoning their minds, because they want the returns of the stock market plus the guarantees of the fixed index annuity. Ain't happening. Sorry. I want to be a movie star, too. Ain't happening. First of all, I don't live in Hollywood. Second of all, I don't have a really good camera. Third of all, I've got a perfect face for radio. Fourth, (laughs) it's probably ain't happening. So uh, would I like it? Yeah. Would I love the money that I would make doing that? Absolutely. Well, maybe not, because if they actually did give me a job based on everything I just mentioned, I probably wouldn't get paid that much. (laughs) So anyway. This is the where we are today. And yearning for days gone by is a great way. It's procrastination. And it's a uh, it's hurting you. Um, this is a this is pretty important. Do you want to put all your money in there? No. I wouldn't. I mean you're gonna to have to have some money set aside for inflation down the road somewhere. So and this is why this is such a tough field. Everybody has their own opinion. By the way, there are three things that if you're a normal human being, you probably don't want to talk about at a party. Politics and religion. And I'm going to tell you your beliefs about money. Because I've been around the block quite a few times. And people do not share the same opinions about money or investing. And it's number three, right behind politics and religion. (laughs) Number three are their beliefs about money. And it, it's pretty wild. I mean, I, it, it's mind-boggling. I should write a book on this, but uh, I'm probably the only one that would read it. But anyway, they have beliefs about money. And some of those beliefs are, are I'm not sure where they get them. You know, like, I, I got my beliefs by watching, by learning, by reading, by investing. Uh, so I've got experience and all the time I've put in studying. So I feel like I have a pretty good grip on it. And the uh, and I try to keep open minded. So, I've realized over the years that you know that's that's kind of unusual. <laughs> there aren't a whole ton of open minded people. The uh, there are some, and then some people who are pretty open minded in a lot of ways. For some reason, politics, religion, and money, they've got their own mindset. And uh, it's pretty funny, actually. It's pretty interesting. Um, So I come from an era that you watch, you know, you uh, trust, but verify. Anybody remember that? Yeah. Trust, but verify. (laughs) Yeah. And if you can't verify, um, don't trust. (laughs) You need at least three or four sources that you think are reliable. Even me, I tell people, all that, don't listen, don't believe anything I say. Check it out. Google it. I didn't have Google when I was coming up. You guys do. And by the way, uh, the vast majority of people make up their mind as to how they want. Well, I shouldn't say vast majority. A lot of people make up their mind to what they want to hear. The thing that they, like, and you all know, I can see you shaking your heads up and down in your cars as you're listening to this. We all know people who go around and just look for the facts that, that will justify the feelings that we have or the belief systems that we have. And that's a, a psychologist like to refer to that as cognitive biases. And I just like to refer to it as hard headed. <laughs> the, uh, Wow, I hear the music. Boy, that segment went fast. Hey, 
You're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I will be right back. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning, 11 from, from 11 to noon. You can actually find a copy of this podcast on 955 The Fish's website, and you can also get it on my website, and I believe it's on iHeart as well as Apple. So if you go into the podcast and want to search for it, you hear something you want to listen to again, feel free to do that. Or you could just email me and ask me to clarify that. I'd be glad to get back to you, uh, either through a phone call or an email. And uh, before I get to some individual stocks, I'm going to talk about some individual stocks today. The, uh, um, well, actually just a few because the market's actually open. I pre-recorded today and uh, my scans, there's only a couple of them on there because it's not the end of the day yet. So anyway, but we'll talk about uh, some individual stocks and how you might go uh, about looking for that. You know, for when I was young in my career, that's I spent almost all my time doing that. Um, today, it's a lot easier. The tools have gotten a lot better, so you don't have to spend, you really don't have to spend much time at all. In fact, uh, Mike Seeger runs this website called Look Out for the Bull. We've set it up together, and it's got the information that you need to know on there, and it's also got the risk control. That's the most important part of any investment strategy is managing risk. That is, if you manage the risk, the returns typically take care of themselves. Notice I didn't say, if you take no risk, you'll be fine. No, that's not true. You have to take risk now. 1% CD. I mean, unless you win the lottery, you got to, you win a hundred million bucks or $10 million, 1% of 10 million is a hundred thousand dollars and you'll pay $20,000 in taxes. You'll only be left with 80,000 bucks and you got to win a $10 million lottery. By the way, that's after taxes, by the way. So that's more like a $20 million lottery or 18, somewhere in there. The, um, think about that for a second. <laughs> Just let that stew around in your mind. That's why we're thinking about these potential combinations of fixed indexed annuities along with your regular portfolios. See, if you have a, uh, if you take the, the traditional 60, 40, that's 60% stock funds, 40% fixed income. And you broke that fixed income down to 15% traditional fixed income and 25% uh, fixed indexed. That's actually going to bump your returns up pretty good. That's a very good return uh, in my mind. And we'll go through more of that. I have actually, if you want to know more about that, just call me. The uh, I can run three the numbers with you. Another one that's been pretty popular has been a 50-50, where you take half the money, put it fixed indexed, and half the money in a um, portfolio that's a um, diversified. So diversified stock portfolio. And that's really 
important for people now. You know, I, I used to do a lot of like I was talking about a little bit earlier. Mike uh, Cedars running this Look Out for the Bull website, and I did most of that before. That's what I typically did for the um, vast majority of the money that I ran. And today, if you were to do that, I still do it with a small portion of it, but it is so much faster, and you you have to have so much more stamina. You will see your account values fluctuate two to three times more than they fluctuated back in the day when this was a little easier, when there weren't nearly as many computers firing off orders uh, all day long. So I still like to do it. That's why the uh, website's up there. It's all about managing risk. You know, every day uh, Mike runs these screens. He publishes the list of the companies that come up through those screens. Those are the stocks that are performing very well right now. If you read the uh, instructions on how to buy and sell, you're going to be able to manage the risk. You'll keep the risk right around, the theoretical risk anyway, right around 1%. Uh, that's a, uh, that doesn't mean you're putting 1% in there. You have to go and read that. I don't really have time to go through that today. Uh, but it's, it's less than a 10-minute uh, read. I mean, it's actually less than five minutes. And uh, it'll tell you exactly how you can control or the, everything you can do to control the amount of risk if you're doing this particular type of investing. So when I say that, you know, I'm reminded I was talking to uh, uh, my uh, board operator today and I was telling him about why you shouldn't say never and why you shouldn't say always. <laughs> and I never really even heard that. It was only a few years ago. I'd gone through my whole life, never say never, never say always. And I'm thinking, uh, oh, that's pretty funny. That's actually very true for the stock market. Something will work for a long time and then it won't. Something uh, will be not that productive for a long time and then all of a sudden it starts working better than it has. So the only real constant is change and you got to keep up with it. Unfortunately, that's, you know, that's life. Got to keep up with it. And as you start getting older, believe me, it's not any easier. In fact, I'm spending more, more hours studying now than I did when I was in college. Think about that for a second. That's how fast this stuff is changing. <laughs> and I don't mind because, you know, I, I chose this field, so I, I like it. Um, I feel bad for you small employers out there. If you guys are offering a retirement plan and you want somebody to come in and do an audit, call us. We're going to be rolling out a service to be doing that to make sure you're compliant because all the ERISA rules, I mean, it's unbelievable what they've done. The requirements and the stuff that you have to do to insulate yourself, you know, you thought you're trying to do your employees a favor and uh, all of a sudden you took on all this liability and could be sued, held personally responsible. So we'll be talking about that a lot more on future shows. I don't have all that much time today and uh, um, it's a big deal. You know, 401k plans are the greatest thing ever. I think they... It makes it so that it gives you a chance. I can't tell you how many people I've met who actually are 401k millionaires. They have over a million bucks in their 401k plan. There are a lot of them. Yeah. As a percentage of the population, it's not a lot. I can tell you that for sure. But, you know, you got 330 million people in this country. If only 1% of them are millionaires, that's... A large number, it's 3.3 million. 
And a lot of them did it just through their 401k plans, which I think is, is phenomenal. And it's amazing what that money can, can, can grow to. In fact, you go to my website, there's a thing, there are calculators on the website to show you what my 401k may be worth. You can plug your numbers in there and play around with it. It is just phenomenal. And the greatest thing about that is when your money's coming out of your check and you don't see it, first of all, you avoid the taxes on it. So it doesn't drop by as much as the money that you saved. That's a beautiful thing. And the fact that uh, it's done quickly like that, uh, painlessly, it it's just a really good thing. So if, if you don't take advantage of that, then you should. If you're a small employer, you you maybe you're not happy with your plan. Uh, I work, my primary custodian in this space is Fidelity. Um, I love these guys. You, you should see what they've got for you. Uh, I have a, uh, my own personal net benefits account because I, I run my little company's retirement plan through there. And it is a, uh, it is awesome, man. I mean, it's got a ton of stuff on there. And then, so the problem with having access to a ton of stuff is you have access to a ton of stuff <laughs> and it takes time. So if you've got a, uh, for one K, if you've got a net benefits and you're not taking advantage of it, you know, for clients, Okay, you got to be a client. <laughs> Call me. Come on in. We'll set it. You, know, you can log in and I'll show you the thing. There are Social Security estimators there. There are lifetime income pred- predictors there. Uh, how much can you put into it? There's descriptions of all your funds that you have available to you. Uh, it's it's really um, just almost all that you need. It's got almost, it, it can do a really good job on the retirement income planning, I'll, let's put it that way. There's there are a lot of other aspects to retirement planning that that it's not it, they'll never be able to cover, but a huge chunk of that is financial, and it's got the financial data and stuff that you would need uh, access to to do a pretty good job. And you know why you get that because your company has a four hundred one k with Fidelity, it comes with it. It's part of the package. That is a huge reason to to be doing that. I think it's a, uh, it's awesome. I'm going to be uh, working with them a lot more in the future. Um, they do a great job. They're, I, they're my primary custodian. I have more money with Fidelity. I have other custodians, but the, uh, uh, it depends on what somebody really wants to do and what's important to them. So, but I, I really like that a lot. And uh, actually, I hope I don't get in trouble for continuing to mention their name. I've, I just thought about that. <laughs> I should probably talk to their marketing department before I do that. But uh, at any rate, um, the tools are there. I've got tools on my website. Uh, I can really give you a lot of shortcuts. And I think that it's one of the things that I, I like doing. I've, I study very, very hard. And I remember something my, uh, uh, I don't, actually, I'm not sure where I heard this. I was very young when somebody said, look, if you want to figure out the best way to get something done, find somebody who's honest and lazy <laughs> and then give them the hardest job. Okay. Because they will figure out what the, all the, the shortcuts are and they can come back and show everybody else. It'll improve our productivity. I was like, Oh, that's pretty funny. And, uh, I got it and I believe it. So if you're, if you're honest and lazy, <laughs> you're going to want to maximize your effort. You're not going to have to want to have to take any extra effort. And I, I really like that. So I've, I've kind of, that stuck with me my, my whole life. Let's work really hard to figure out what the easiest way to do this is. 
And then we'll, uh, you know, just stick to that. And keep your eyes open. That's that's the other thing. Keeping your eyes open is, is kind of key because things change. Now I hear the music. That means my show's over. I'm sorry I didn't talk as much about the individual stocks as I wanted to. Um, I will do that next week, or you can always call me. Go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.